It is Sunday, February 21st, 2016. This is U62 The Targ. Let's get it started in here. As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Why, what a little tiny microchip deep inside some electronics. Broadcasting to the world through the miracle of the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is U62, the TAR. Now your host, a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this, Mark Pappas. On this week's show, I'm spending my days in the city pondering what Blu-rays to buy and sampling two different McDonald's burgers. It's episode 9.03, The Meat Sweats. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. You 62 the tar, you're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Camp is here, and welcome to this week's episode of the Targ. My apologies for being away last weekend. It was the family day long weekend, and I was spending it with my family. But not doing fun family stuff. I was moving for a good portion of it. See, I've been telling my friends about this for some time now. My parents have been after me for quite some time to finally clean out my childhood bedroom and finish moving out. So on the Saturday of the long weekend, my parents were like, clear your schedule, we're bringing you your furniture. So they came up with a couple of bits of furniture I had in my old childhood bedroom, along with a couple of boxes of stuff I'd already boxed up over the past few years. And yeah, so that was spent moving. And since my dad was there with his pickup truck, I finally got rid of some old junk that was clogging up my apartment. A couple of old TVs, because, you know, I love my movies, so I have a lot of old electronics pertaining to that lying around. It was kind of sad, you know, taking my old TV out to the dump and, you know, dropping it in the recycle bin for electronics. Is it weird that I get a sense of my own mortality from dropping off my junk at the dump? Because that's what I felt when I dropped off my old TV. I put it there in the recycle bin and I felt a twinge of sadness. The decade of entertainment you'd given me before I traded you in for something younger and hotter and high definition. And so, yeah, I just left it there in the recycle bin and I felt sad. I think I watched too much Herbie the Love Bug when I was a kid. That convinced me that every inanimate object has a soul. And that's why I'm a hoarder. I don't want to get rid of all my friends. But anyway, that was how I spent the Saturday. And then the Sunday, Valentine's Day, oh so romantic. So of course I spent it with my parents. I got the call. They're like, hey, we're spending the shit ton of gift cards that uh, we got for Christmas. Would you like to join us for a movie and dinner on Valentine's Day? And of course I said yes, because hey, free dinner and a movie. So the movie we went to see was The Revenant uh, with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. My dad really wanted to see that because he's a bit of a history buff and they really don't make a lot of movies about the fur trade of the 1820s. So Leonardo DiCaprio, he plays a fur trader back in the 1820s. He's mauled by a bear and one of the more unscrupulous members of his party murders his son and leaves him for dead. So the majority of the movie is about Leonardo DiCaprio recovering from his wounds, literally crawling his way out of the wilderness and seeking revenge for the murder of his son. Very, 
fascinating movie. Very good. Just a little bit too long for my taste. They probably could have trimmed out a little bit of it here and there. And plus, you know, as much as I love my parents, my dad, as I said, he's a buff for the fur trade. And because a lot of it was filmed outside of Calgary and dad knows the Rocky Mountains inside out and backwards, he was either A, picking apart the historical accuracy, or B, trying to figure out where it was filmed because all those mountains were maddeningly familiar to him. But other than that, we enjoyed it. And then from there, we went down the road to the Keg Steakhouse because, as I said, my parents got a shit ton of gift cards for Christmas. Because I got there first, they sent me in on ahead to try and find a table. Of course, Valentine's Day, very busy day at a restaurant. So we had to wait for about half an hour. Well... I waited for a half an hour because my parents took the long way to the restaurant. They only had to wait 20 minutes by the time they got there. But let me tell you, nothing convinces you you are going to die alone like being alone in a restaurant for 10 minutes on Valentine's Day. So many loving couples and I'm just there trying to get engrossed in Netflix on my phone thanks to the free Wi-Fi and just not notice all the love around me. <sighs> but then my parents came and we enjoyed their special Valentine's Day dinner and then it was off to home and that's how I spent my family day weekend and that's why there was no show last week. You're listening to Mark Kappas. It's clear to all of you that I am awesome. On U62, The Targ. Speaking of, I just got home from a day in the city that was all to myself. My parents and I, we went to see the artsy-fartsy film of Revenant, and me on my own, I went to see Deadpool. Movie's only been out for a week, and I'm like the only guy I know who hasn't seen Deadpool. And I gotta say, I loved it. Yeah, the plot is pretty routine for a superhero film, but what really sets it apart it is, is so freaking funny. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, he just nails the role with his wisecracks and the fourth wall breaking and offering his wry commentary on the state of superhero films today. I really like this uh, one part where Colossus, as you've seen in the trailers, he mentions, you know, taking Deadpool back to the X-Mansion and Professor X can have a talk with him. And his witty comeback is, would that be McAvoy or Stewart? Because I'm getting confused at this point. You know, little in-jokes like that I thought were just beautiful and it was funny. My only problem with it was for an R-rated film with lots of boobs and violence, there were an awful lot of seven-year-olds in the theater, which is weird because a whole chunk of the marketing campaign has been, hey, this is an R-rated superhero film. Don't bring your kids to it. But yeah, here's like all these kids under 10 in the same row with me. And that would have been okay if it weren't for the fact because it was so bloody and scary. They were I, the, the kids were constantly being taken out of the theater by their parents to get over the more intense parts. And they would step on my feet as they walked by me. So I think about halfway through the film, they finally realized what the film was and they never came back in. But all that, I love Deadpool. And yeah. And then after that, you know, I had to go treat myself to supper. And the McDonald's that was close to the theater had something I've wanted to try for a while now. McDonald's has this new thing called Create Your Taste. It's only at certain select big city McDonald's. If you've been to McDonald's lately, you know they got their self-serve kiosks now. They got a giant touch screen there. You just kind of 
point and click what you want for your meal. You pay with your debit card, and then when they call your number at the counter, there's your food. I love it because I hate human interaction, and it's one less person I have to deal with. I like when McDonald's first introduced the system in the fall. Uh, conservatives were all like, ha, 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 this is the rise of the machines. How is your $15 an hour minimum wage going to help you now? And McDonald's said, um, well, actually, we have to hire 80,000 new clerks to supervise all these systems. And the conservatives were like, well, raising the minimum wage is still a bad idea. Anyways, at some of the bigger McDonald's in the city, they've expanded that to the next level and they have this special burger called Create Your Taste. It's a fully customizable burger where you can choose the bun, all the ingredients that go on it. So, of course, I wanted to try building my own McDonald's burger. So I picked my bun, and then from there, it's got like a half a dozen sauces you can choose from. I went with barbecue sauce. A half a dozen cheeses you can choose from, like a dozen different kinds of veggies, and you just, you know, boop, 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 I'll have this and that and this and that and this and that, and then boom, I had my own McDonald's burger. And you know what? McDonald's, you can dress it up all you want, but at the end of the day, still a McDonald's burger. It just still has that distinct McDonald's flavor to it. But I wanted to try it, and now I can say I have, and yeah. In fact, for more McDonald's taste testing, stay tuned, because I got a little more coming up later on in this podcast. You're listening to Mark Kappas. Go do disgusting things to that boy. On U62. The Targ. And of course, as I was in the city today, the question always is, what new Blu-ray should I buy to take home with me? And just uh, lots of good stuff out there, but you know, it's definitely in the want category, but not in the need category. For example, the Iron Giant Signature Series. As you're probably aware, the Iron Giant, my favorite film of all time. It is just absolutely lovely. In fact, when I took my parents to see The Revenant a week ago, I saw the uh, payphones are still there at the Scotiabank Theater in West Edmonton Mall. And I remember when I saw the Iron Giant, I wanted to use those payphones to call all my friends and tell them, this is an awesome movie, you gotta see it. But then I remembered that, you know, it was 1999 and I had dial-up internet, so I'll just wait till I get home and emailed everyone. You know... I emailed everyone to tell them what an amazing film it was. And even as much as one year after I first saw The Iron Giant, my friends were coming up to me and saying, yeah, I finally rented it last night based on your glowing recommendation. And you're right. It's awesome. Well, here we are now 15 years later, and The Iron Giant is a certified cult classic. And back in the fall, they actually put together a director's cut of The Iron Giant. They took two scenes that were originally cut from the film, finished the animation on them, and put them back in the film. They call this new version the Iron Giant Signature Series. Well, it was finally released on DVD just this week, but it's not on Blu-ray yet. So I'm looking at it thinking, should I buy it on DVD or should I hold out for Blu-ray? Rumor is the Blu-ray is coming sometime this year. So, and still, you know, with the signature series out there, it's already in the discount bin for like 10 bucks. So if I do break down and buy it, hey, I'm just out 10 bucks. But no, that is not what I bought today. And then I was looking around. I also remembered the new DC Comics straight-to-DVD animated film is out called Batman Bad Blood. You know, 10 years ago when Warner Brothers and DC Comics announced they'd be doing all these straight-to-DVD animated films, 
I was thrilled. But now, 10 years later, I'm officially bored with the franchise. I mean, they came to the realization that the only ones that were selling good were Batman and Superman. So now that's all they make. Batman and Superman. And that sucks. Don't get me wrong, I love Batman and Superman, but there's still so much more of the DC Universe that would make great straight-to-DVD animated films. In the beginning, when they started this thing, they made a Wonder Woman film. I still maintain that Wonder Woman film is the best one they did. Give us another Green Lantern film. They made one to tie in with the Ryan Reynolds movie, and that was about it. I love The Flash. Give us a Flash film. You know, give us a Teen Titans film. So, ah, I I've officially stopped buying them because, you know, I'm on Netflix now too. And you know, in about six months, they're going to show up on Netflix. So no Batman bad blood for me. But what I did eventually buy was Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, which kind of shocked me. You know, when I went to see Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, I said this in my movie review on the website, Mission Impossible is a franchise I want to love. I really want to love it. But I go into the films expecting mind-blowing, but I come out with, yeah, it was pretty good. So... Yeah, I know it's kind of, I'm damning it with fate praise. I want the films to be great, but all I ever get is good. You know, I really liked uh, the last one because it was made by Brad Bird, Iron Giant guy. He did Ghost Protocol, so I went to see it for that, kind of liked it. I went to see Rogue Nation this past summer just because, you know, I was feeling like going to see a movie and it was out. And I will admit, it's taken five films over 20 years, but... The Mission Impossible franchise is finally getting there. I mean, what set Mission Impossible apart from other super spy franchises like James Bond is the team aspect to it. It's this elite team of super spies coming together to pull off one incredible caper. It's an equal blend of spy film and heist film. And again, it took them the five films over 20 years, but they finally came together with a team I like to watch. Simon Pegg's on the team now, Jeremy Renner's on the team now, Tom Cruise, Ving Rhames, together, they make a great team that's worth watching. And that's where Rogue Nation really got me. We finally got a good team together. So it was actually, buying the Blu-ray was actually cheaper than the DVD. I think the DVD was like $21.95 and the Blu-ray was $19.95. So I was like, meh, okay, whatever, I'll pick up Rogue Nation. So when I'm done recording this podcast, that's what's waiting for me when I get home. Everything's better with Mark Chappis. Crime has gone down, productivity is up, and ratings for Doctor Who are through the roof. Mark Kappas on U62, The Targ. Here I am again, Mark Kappas here, live to you from my kitchen table with another installment of Mark Tate's Random Things. Now, on Mark Tate's Random Things today, doing something a little unusual. I am having a McDonald's hamburger. Not a Big Mac. Not a Quarter Pounder, not a Angus Burger, the plain old McDonald's hamburger. This is where it all started for McDonald's. Ray and Mac McDonald, way back in the 1940s when they developed their speedy service system which launched fast food as we know it today, they started with the simple hamburger. It was quick, 
easy to produce in their mass production assembly line that they developed. It's a finger food, so they had no dishes to worry about. This is where it all began for McDonald's. Now you're wondering, why did I pick such a plain and simple item? I started thinking about it. It's been ages since I've had an actual McDonald's hamburger. Probably not since I was a kid. And as you know, McDonald's now, they have these touch screens where you can order yourself. I find with those touch screens, I'm choosing a lot more different menu options because all I gotta do is push a button. I'm starting to choose side salads more instead of fries because to get a salad, all I gotta do is push a button. And as such, I'm taking a closer look at the McDonald's menu than I ever have before, and I'm finding stuff like the plain old hamburger that I have not had in ages. So I decided to do the plain old McDonald's hamburger. I think you can only get them now. If you're looking for a combo, I think you can only get them in like Happy Meals today. So I ordered a regular hamburger, small fries, and a small Coke. Essentially, this is a Happy Meal without the toy. But yeah, I've got the hamburger in front of me. I'm taking off the top bun. It just got ketchup, mustard, a little bit of onions, and a little bit of pickles. And this thing is like physically half the size of a quarter pounder. I am amazed at how small it is. So I'm taking a bite now out of a plain old McDonald's hamburger. Mmm. Not bad. It's a little bit cold. I'm gonna chalk that up to the fact that, you know, I decided to walk to McDonald's to order it to go. And it is a cold day with cold wind out there. But yeah, something about McDonald's hamburgers in general have a taste that they can't escape. And this is the McDonald's taste at its purest. Going for another bite. I got the pickle in that one. Mm. The pickle actually provided most of the flavor. Mm. But this is it. The basic McDonald's hamburger. When you get right down to it, it is kind of bland. But I'm just enjoying the nostalgia. Mm. Mm. I'm almost done as a matter of fact. It's so small, it's like three big bites and it's done. Mm. And that's it. The plain old McDonald's hamburger. If you want the McDonald's flavor at its purest, I would recommend you go for it. This is your interstellar disc jockey. Mark Tappas, U62. The Targ. So let's do the song of the show, shall we? Still need to produce an intro for this anyway, because I'm still on a bit of a Star Wars The Force Awakens high. Let's preview a track from its soundtrack. Our heroine of the film, of course, is Ray. So direct off the soundtrack album, here's Ray's theme.
Ray's theme, composed by John Williams from the Star Wars The Force Awakens soundtrack. Yeah, I know it doesn't kind of have the pop and the panache of other Star Wars themes, but you know what? It's growing on me. You know, with the flutes and those chimes at the beginning, it has kind of a Harry Potter-esque vibe to it, which hints that Rey's destiny is some kind of future Jedi slash chosen one. So I can hardly wait to see how her story continues in Episode 8. And as I said in my roundtable discussion with my buddies podcast a couple of weeks ago, that is what I'm looking forward to to more Star Wars films. I want to see more Luke. I want to see where... Luke Skywalker and Rey goes. Are they related? I mean, that's one of the popular fan theories right now that Rey is somehow Luke's long-lost daughter. So we're going to have to see episode 8 in December 2018 to know for sure. Nope, 2017, pardon me. Getting the dates mixed up on my calendar. That means I am tired and worn out, so I should go home, maybe put Mission Impossible in the Blu-ray player, and just chill out for the rest of my Saturday night. I'm Mark Kappas. This has been The Targ. I will see you next week. And this brings us to the end of another exciting episode of The Targ. Don't forget you can download a new episode of The Targ every week at chaosinabox.com. The Targ is written and produced by Mark Kappas under the watchful eye of 42 Star Wars action figures. The Targ is a Chaos in a Box production. I'm